shotglassdigital.com. Rebel Force Radio is brought to you in part by Little Debbie Snacks, bakers of all galactic goodness, like mini donuts, star crunch, cosmic cupcakes, cosmic brownies, nutty bars, and much more. It's all about celebrating your love of a galaxy far, far away. And Little Debbie is the fan's choice for all those sweet moments. Little Debbie, official snack of Rebel Force Radio, Rancho Obi-Wan, and fans around the galaxy. DorksideToys.com. For the latest Star Wars action figures, Marvel, G.I. Joe, and more, visit DorksideToys.com. From Tops comes the all-new digital card collecting app, Star Wars Card Trader. For the first time ever, collect and trade everything from legendary 1977 Star Wars cards to new cards featuring exclusive content from Star Wars Episode 7: The Force Awakens, all from the comfort of your mobile device. Star Wars Card Trader. These are the cards you're looking for. A small rebel force has penetrated the shield and landed on Endor. This is where the fun begins. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is Rebel Force Radio. Your source for the Force. Star Wars news and commentary. With Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Star Wars number one. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Now it's time for Rebel Force Radio. We would be honored if you would join us. Well, we did it. It took several nights, but I made it through episode four, New Hope, with my seven-year-old daughter, Woo-hoo. and uh, as a matter of fact, tonight, right before uh, we started laying down the tracks for this week's episode, uh, we, we started Empire Strikes Back, and she was uh, very excited, very excited, so, um, you know, I made it the rule because she she saw uh, her cousins and others in the family really excited about going to see the Force Awakens. Um, we're going to all go see it on the twentieth as a family, and she said she wanted to go. I said you 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 got to see the other movies first. You can't go, you can't go, and you're going to sit there and ask me a bunch of questions. You got to see the other three movies. So she's earning her way to go see. The Force Awakens by watching the other three, and I because I, I knew she would love them, and um, she's really really starting to to get it. But it's it's a it's a trip. It's a trip to um, watch your kid uh, experience these movies, and and uh, the thing that I have to worry about, or the thing that I have to watch myself is, I have a tendency to want to explain like every moment, and mm-hmm. and it make sure she's not missing anything. And I, I learned, but we got about halfway through episode four, and I'm like, you know what? I need to chill out and just let, because she's going she's gonna to be living with these movies her whole life. She's got a whole lifetime to absorb it all. Just let what's going to soak in for a seven-year-old soak in. And, uh, but anyway, I, you know, I should let, uh, I, I got to get Jimmy to chime in here, but I should remind you, if you're new to the program, this is Rebel Force Radio. We're talking about... Uh, all things Star Wars, of course. Two weeks to go until The Force Awakens right here, December 4th, 2015, week of. And uh, here to talk me through <laughs> getting my uh, my kids through their first viewing of uh, of Star Wars is my good friend and yours from Chicago. He's been there. He's done it with two sons. Yes. Jimmy Mack. Hey, Jason. Hey, Star Wars fans of all ages. You know, it's... Uh very interesting journey you have embarked on here, young man. 
<laughs> as you introduce your seven-year-old daughter to the wonders of the wars. And uh, it's something that myself as a father and a Star Wars fan, it was like a sacred moment for me. You know, you, you hear a lot of this talk about how the sequel trilogy is going to be about passing the baton, the lightsaber down to the next generation. Well, that's what we do in essence when we sit down with our kids and we screen the wars for them for the very first time. Now, it sounds like you're, you're doing it in increments. I had to do it in increments. I'll tell you. So you might remember a, a, a glowing email from me uh, about a month or so ago when, when I first got her to watch uh, episode four, the, the, like, the first 20 minutes. Because we do this thing in our house. We do what's called quiet time. <laughs> so that's at the end of the night. Um, my wife and I, we switch on and off. So I have, I have my daughter one night and then the next night I have my son and then, and then she takes, you know, my daughter. And so we, we, we alternate. And so whoever has, you know, the kid, one kid, they kind of, they get to do something that's quiet, like read a book, watch a TV show uh, or watch part of a movie. And it's something kind of special and you wind down, wind the brain down. That's where they quiet time. Right. So. Uh, she wanted to see The Force Awakens, and I started showing her episode four. And so I, we sit down, we're watching episode four. This is about a month ago. And we get about a half hour into it. And, and I'm taking her back up to her bedroom, and she said, wow, Daddy, a lot of people die in that movie. And I'm like, Star, what do you mean a lot of people die in that movie? And then I started thinking about it. It's like, well, yeah, the... Um, the raid on the Tantivy Four. You've got all those rebel soldiers that that bite it. You got all the stormtroopers that are biting it. Um, you got Vader choking out the guy. You got um, uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, which is you know pretty traumatic. Um, and I'm sitting there thinking, oh my god, wait till she sees the whole planet explode. That's gonna blow her mind. So I was talking, so I'm talking to her, and 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 she was really into the movie at the time, asking lots of questions. And then I get her up into her, you know, tucking her into bed at night. And, and she's like, a lot of people died in that movie, daddy. And all of a sudden, as she's asking me these questions, I realize she doesn't know that they're actors in a movie. Oh, she's thinking she's, <laughs> I mean, you know, the mind of a seven year old. She's think she thinks she's watching real people die. And I'm like, wow, George Lucas was onto something with that documentary style. She's buying it. She thinks <laughs> she thinks Holy. this is real. Yeah, I mean, she. I, I think she knew in her way that this was somehow fantasy, but it was. She thought she was really seeing charred remains of an aunt and uncle. That scene will get any little kid to sit up straight and start asking questions, especially on Blu-ray when they see the charred remains of Uncle Owen and Baru. No kidding about the Blu-ray, too, because think about a whole generation of kids who saw it on really crappy film projectors, you know, overused reels of the film. Um, VHS. A crummy VHS with a pan and scan. You can barely even see anything through the smoke. But all of a sudden, about 10 years ago, things started (laughs) becoming very crystal clear. About the atrocities that went down at the large homestead, okay? It wasn't pretty, okay? <laughs> so, and we're all beginning to, you know, realize that now, uh, you know, as a little kid to be introduced to Star Wars and you see those charred remains smoldering. 
uh, boy, oh boy, that does get all the kids to either say, hey, rewind that, rewind that. What, yeah, right. That's cool. What, did I see what I just saw? What is that? And then when they do understand, then the questions start spilling in. Well, what happened to their skin? Uh, where's their clothes? <laughs> you, know, you, you have to understand what happened here. Is uh, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it, and it is, you know, again, very much, you know, uh, reflections of, of some of the the real world horrors of what was going on in the Vietnam war with the burning of villages and stuff of that nature. And and Lucas was very heavily influenced by that stuff as he was developing star Wars, because for a time he was almost concurrently working on apocalypse now, which was a project he was originally supposed to direct. Yeah. He was doing all the, the the behind the scenes, the making of the, the making of <laughs> no he was pegged to direct no i know but didn't he do what didn't he do he basically shot a, a documentary all the behind the scenes footage on that movie didn't he oh no that was not that was actually shot by coppola's wife it's a great documentary called hearts of darkness and if if you're a film fan of of any tiny little bit you need to go see that uh, documentary, it's the greatest film making of documentary of all time, Hearts of Darkness. You know what I'm thinking of? Was it, what was the movie he shot all of the behind the scenes? Was it Finian's Rainbow? That is where he hooked up with Francis originally. Was Finian's Rainbow? Absolutely. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Right. Still at USC, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And, and really what, you know, Francis definitely helped mold Lucas into the professional filmmaker he eventually became. Right. And um and so uh so George obviously Vietnam War weighing heavily on his mind when it comes to a sequence like that featuring a, a small little homestead being just smoked out by a re- evil and oppressive regime, it it harkens back to uh, gosh, going all the way back to, to Nazi Germany. So um, a lot of real world in there. And I think that the little ones feel that effect. You know, when you watch Star Wars, you realize that the stakes are high, that there is definitely a bad ending to things if it doesn't go your way. So it teaches kids to, to be cautious about the dangers that our heroes are facing because we, we see the death. We see it all happen right in front of us. It's pretty interesting. I mean, the, the 70s were a period of more gritty filmmaking. Yeah, and yeah. even a film like Star Wars, a, a classic, a family classic like Star Wars, um, maybe shot today would be softer. And that might be very unfortunate. And so I'm glad we have these opportunities to at least educate our kids on the way filmmaking was happening when we were their age. Yeah. yeah. And and sort of kind of let our youth rub off on them a little bit. So what I've noticed is so what I, what I did is I started showing her pictures from the making of books so that she could see these were actors on a set. Now, for some kids, that would ruin it. Some kids wouldn't like that. She needs that uh, affirmation. She needs that reassurance. So we're watching the movie, and, and she's like, well, that's just, that's just um, done on a computer, right, Daddy? That, that's, not, that's not real. And I'll say, well, I know. They, so when we got into uh, Empire Tonight, 
she was making sure that the poor Tauntaun that died was was just a, a stuffed puppet and not a not not a real Tauntaun. Oh my God, the Tauntaun is in the news nowadays because of the new Leonardo DiCaprio film that's coming out about the bear attacking the guy in the woods. It's called The Revenant. The Revenant. Yeah, I've heard about this, and I believe. From Does he cut I, open a bear and crawl inside it? A, a, a horse gets a horse. open, and he goes in there to warm up. Oh. You know, well, I didn't come I, up I, with that before. You know, I, I, I'm only getting whispers about this film right now. I, I've only seen the trailer, and I've heard a, a few really weird things about what the bear does to the guy in this film. But that's another topic for another show altogether. Um, the Revenant, yeah, because people have been asking me about the Tauntaun thing lately. Yeah, I asked Bailey if she wanted the Tauntaun sleeping bag after seeing. So <laughs> she she did not. No, she did not. She thought that was pretty gross. Uh, but you know, I have to say, like when Luke's hanging upside down in the Wampa Cave, uh, she's like, "Is that fake blood?" Yes, honey, that's that's fake blood. You know. So as I say, for some kids that would ruin it. But she has asked me. She's real excited now to watch some of the making of stuff. Uh-huh, she's uh-huh. real fascinated in that. And um, but it's it's been a lot of fun, and she's. You know, like I said, my biggest challenge is to just is to have faith in the movie and the way that George uh, made it for children and that what needs to soak in to a seven year old is going to soak in. And then when she watches it, when she's older, you know, that stuff's going to soak in. So um, but it's funny, you know, I, I, I I'll quiz her and I'll say, OK, what what happened in the movie last night? You know, she'll be like, uh, well, um, uh, R2 has the secret, and they they met Han and his big doggy, and they <laughs> they went into the restaurant. My favorite was she called the cantina the restaurant. <laughs> it's so much fun. If you haven't done this with your kids, you're just I know a lot of you out there, your kids aren't aren't old enough, but you're you're in for a real treat. So well, what I would like is for you to bring her down in the studio and, and record a debriefing with her. I'd, I'd like to hear. I know her. you did that with Dylan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it sounds like you're influencing her a lot. I, I want her to just watch it without you yep, yep, yep in her. Yeah, you can imagine what that's like. Yeah, 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 yeah fake blood. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm surprised you don't turn it at her and go, geez, you're really taking me out of this. Because <laughs> I know you like to, But no, you know what? It's, it's yeah. fascinating. It's fascinating. It was very different with both my boys. Michael was a lot like Bailey where he had to have that you know affirmation that this is on a set and these are filmmakers and, and these are actors and it's all make-believe and it's story time and all that stuff. Whereas Dylan just dove in head first, you know, and he could suspend that that disbelief but michael needed that affirmation yeah. too and um it, it's it's funny it's really funny to to notice that because um i think what you're doing is you're watching the birth of a someone who's probably going to find a career in the creative arts to be asking those type of questions i never asked any questions about filmmaking until i saw star wars at eight years old then the idea, the concept of a director became a real thing to me. The idea of filmmaking as an art became something that gradually became familiar to me, all because of the fact that I want to know more about this movie that I love so much. It was more than a story. Yeah. It was a work of art. It was a, 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 
a building. It was a construction, and I wanted to know how it was created. So I, I think that there's something very baseline about her personality that is getting revealed right now. And the fact is, is I think that Bailey is going to go on to become a very creative and you know, someone who, who, who deals with expression a lot. Yeah, she's an artist already. I mean, and, and I, what, what I'm saying is that um, she seems to need, she has the need to, um, exp- she interprets the world through drawing it. So if she watches something that really moves her or she's fascinated by, she has to draw it. It's almost as though that's the way that she is processing the world. And she's, she is, um, you know, for someone her age, for seven years old, she does some really tremendous uh, work. She's super diligent at it, and she sits and she can sit and lose herself with her markers and her pencils for hours and hours and hours. So, yeah, you're right. When you look at it that way, that's what she's drawing to. She's drawn to the artistry behind it, um, the sculpting, the puppets, the, you know, all of that. Interesting. You've completely changed the way I'm looking at this. I thought it was about, you know, the fact that she was just a scared little girl, but I think that might be part of it. But I think the other part of it is how are they doing this? How are they doing this? Because she sits there with her crayons and makes something out of nothing and admires it and understands the process behind it. And so she knows that that's a way she can be entertained. So she sees another thing, you know, and you've assured her that it's all being produced for her entertainment. And it's not real. This is not a documentary. This is not the news. This is a movie and a story, a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. And so she's latched onto that. So she, now she's, she's being blown away by it essentially, but she's only expressing it in a way of curiosity. How do they do that? Yeah. She wants to know because it's, it's too intense and too real for her. She needs to start deconstructing it. So I, I love this journey you're on. You have to sit her down in front of the microphone because I want to hear what she has to say. We'll do it. We'll do it for sure. We'll, uh, we'll have wrapped up Empire Strikes Back and maybe started Jedi this weekend. So uh, and and we'll we'll do the debriefing and we'll have it for you for you next time. That'll be fun. That'll be well, fun. We have, we have so much work on our plate right now. Oh my gosh! It's just uh, you know I, as as we were putting the show together for tonight, I just there's so much. You know the cast is in full PR mode. The cast and crew of Force Awakens they're everywhere. So you know if you want to get your Star Wars fixed, just turn on the TV. Just turn it on. There's going to be somebody from the movie on everywhere. Late night TV, especially this past week, has been just filled with the cast of The Force Awakens. So we're going to bring you the best of that in sort of a Star Wars talk soup mashup <laughs> marathon. We're going to lay it all on you and hear the some of the best comments coming from some of the stars of The Force Awakens. But before we do that, a little bit of housekeeping. We've been teasing it, and uh, it's... Uh, it is, it is, it is uh, more than simmering right now. The new Rebel Force Radio website, the launch is imminent. Uh, it's almost ready, and uh, it's just we're, we're really excited about this. It, I think that it, uh, for the first time, Jim, I think we have a, a home for what we do that really fits our personalities, fits the show. And uh, I know I'm excited. I know you're excited. And we've got some uh, things that we'll be um, kicking out 
with the uh, with the launch of the new website, we're going to have some new new T-shirts. So it's been a while since we've had Rebel Force Radio T-shirts. The first uh, edition sold out a long time ago. Um, and also, there's going to be some opportunities for you to be more involved with us in terms of uh, being uh, uh, sponsors and uh, and helping us grow the show in ways that we've uh, never been able to do before. And there's going to be all kinds of fun. Uh, bonuses and incentives for you to to do that um plus uh you know you're going to be able to we're going to be doing more on youtube putting a lot more video uh out there and uh, we're also on soundcloud now which that's i'm brand new that, that's like brand new to me i had no idea what i what is soundcloud <laughs> soundcloud is just a great way to get your sounds out there and uh it, it's sort of like a youtube but for audio is probably the best mm-hmm. way i describe it now, I've been uh, kind of farting around with SoundCloud for a little while, but it was some tweets from Mark Hamill about the carry flub. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is, uh, Mark is completely denying the fact that he may have said that. He thinks that there's no way in the world that that could have possibly been included in the, uh, in the final film. That's improbable. <laughs> he thinks that even George wouldn't think that's funny. But uh, but so I needed I needed a place to let Mark hear our scientific breakdown of the audio from that scene. So I thought SoundCloud was the perfect option for me to provide a link to Mark via Twitter and prove to him in fact <laughs> that once you slow down the audio with your, your scientific equipment in a very scientific method, uh, you, you'll discover that, yes, indeed, he does say carry. There's just no denying it anymore. I mean, come on. Once you take it down, step by step, you clearly hear him saying... He just can't deny it anymore. Now, have you had a response from him yet? No, he unfriended me. (laughs) But, um... (laughs) But that doesn't matter. The carry montage is out there. It's on our SoundCloud page. And so I decided, hey, you know what would be a great idea? Let's start putting our shows up there every week. They're out there in full stereo. So that's kind of a a nice little bonus to SoundCloud. Also, you can time stamp certain parts. So if you wanted your buddy to hear uh, the part where we were talking about Mark Hamill saying, at the end of Star Wars, then you'd be able to timestamp that part of the show and email it to your friend, and he or she will be able to bask in all the RFR fun. So uh, that's what's going on with SoundCloud, and uh, you know, just trying to find more ways to get the show out there. Right, uh, and of course, with these changes, uh, there's um, we're trying to make this so that it's a it's a win for everybody. But one of the things that's going to change is that uh, Fangirls Going Rogue and Radio 1138, those are going to be out on their own dedicated RSS feed, and so they're no longer going to be carried on your uh, subscription to the Rebel Force Radio uh, feed. 
So yeah. they're going to have their own. And, Jim, it's, it's a good opportunity for them especially. Well, what's really great about it is you're going to be able to get Fangirls Going Rogue, Radio 1138, Rebel Force Radio. You can get us all, but we're going to be on our own dedicated feed. So what that's going to mean is more flexibility for all three shows. You're going to have more output, I'm sure, from Fangirls Going Rogue and our friends in London at Radio 1138. They're not going to be held back by release schedules that have become more and more locked in stone here at RFR. Uh, we, we find that with the main show, Star Wars Oxygen, Star Wars Influences, and Star Wars Rebels Declassified, along with our occasional film commentaries or whatever breaking news releases we might throw out there. That's, that's a lot of stuff to have on one feed. And... I don't want shows getting lost in the shuffle for any way, shape, or form. And it's been so exciting to watch these two shows grow over the last two and a half years. Fangirls going rogue. Jason, you and me have talked for years and years, going back to the Forecast days, about having a show for fangirls by fangirls. It was a voice that needed to be heard in the Star Wars fan community. We started Fangirls Going Rogue. Once we started Rebel Force Radio, we brought on some of the best voices in female fandom and Trisha Barr, Teresa Delgado, and uh, Jedi Tink. <laughs> and, and, and we got them together and we created this great show with the three of them. And now here we are in the year 2015, uh, weeks away from The Force Awakens, and there is no doubt the voice of the female fan is being heard loud and clear in the community. So that's why Fangirls Going Rogue has now got its own RSS feed so they can provide more of a voice and have more flexibility with their release schedule. Same thing with our, our brothers, our Star Wars brothers, James Burns and Mark Newbold. Great guys at Radio 1138. We love them so much. We, we are, are just, you know, brothers from another mother with Jedi news and we support them and their show so much. So both those shows are going to have their own feed starting January, 2016. They will no longer be on the RFR feed. What will remain on the rebel force radio feed is of course the main weekly show, star Wars oxygen with David W. Collins, star Wars influences with Paul Bateman, and Star Wars Rebels to classify. Essentially, everything that has me and Jason on it <laughs> is going to stay on the Rebel Force radio feed. And, and, and that's, that's the, the best way to do it. It provides more flexibility for all the shows. And you can definitely look for expanded programming in 2016 from RFR, Fangirls, and 1138. Listen to the December episodes of Fangirls and Radio 1138. They'll have more info for you, more details on what's going to be happening in the future for those two great shows. They'll always be part of the Rebel Force Radio family, no doubt about it. And uh, for those of you that will be looking for Rebel Force Radio, the new website, uh, once it launches, it'll be available at rebelforceradio.com, and uh, it will no longer be a subpage of Shot Glass Digital. Uh, Shot Glass Digital as a uh, podcast network is, um, is uh, as of January 2016, is no longer an entity. And so Rebel Force Radio takes uh, front and center stage of our podcasting uh, adventures uh, here and uh, with a little bit of Bondcast thrown in. 
we got to have some James Bond giving us a little class. But, yeah. uh, you know, we, we just appreciate our friends so much. You guys, everyone involved with Shot Glass Digital over the last three years, you guys are podcast pioneers and you're definitely the cream of the crop. And we are so happy to have had you as part of the Shot Glass Digital family for these three years. And we look forward to continuing to work with you guys as Rebel Force Radio grows along with the Star Wars saga. I mean, that's what it's all about, Jason, is just we want to focus on what makes us happy, and that is Star Wars. And we believed in strength in numbers with our Shot Glass Digital family. I was coming off of a, a, a desire to create, to really propel not just Star Wars podcasting, but podcasting as a medium into the forefront. And I feel like that with the help of our friends, we were able to accomplish that goal. And I think podcasting is now in a place, you know, of course I'm not taking any credit for that, but I just think that podcasting is in a place where we can now concentrate on our individual shows and make them grow to be huge. And that's what I'm, I'm doing here is, um, trying to afford everyone that flexibility. So, um, Shot glass digital, you know, it, it kind of hurts me to say goodbye to it. It, it was, it was uh, something that I, I, I really was fired up about for a long time. But we got to the point, Jason, where it was either go big or go home. And I've decided to go home. And home for me is Star Wars. And I know you feel the same way. I do. I do indeed. I think it's, it's great. I'm really looking forward to um, having the new site and being able to. Uh, communicate with uh, listeners in a little bit more direct way and um, focusing in on, as you say, I mean, we've got, I mean, just look at this week alone. We could do it right now. I feel like we could do a daily show. Oh, easily. Yeah, we're not. So don't get all excited out there. But I mean, We're not going to. <laughs> but I mean, I feel like we could. I want to. Let's do it. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. Hey, but you know what? Let's, let's uh, give away some little Debbie. Let's do that. How about that? We can yeah. do that. We we have to as we're ramping up toward uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Little Debbie, nothing goes down better than Little Debbie as you're anticipating the biggest film release of all time. And uh, Harry Schaefer, aka at Fletch ten twenty seven on Twitter, says, "I'm old school, so I really love the Star Crunch. That's my license plate. Gets lots of honks and thumbs up." Oh, come on. He's got Star Crunch as his license plate. Harry, send us a picture of it. I'll tell you, Harry, Harry, you send us a photo of your license plate, and we will send you a Little Debbie Galactic snack pack, which is awesome. It'll most likely have all the Star Crunch that you could possibly eat, along with other goodies, such as maybe some cloud cakes or nutty bars or, of course, Cosmic Cupcakes. Little Debbie's the best. Little Debbie is the official snack of RFR. I have good news for you, my lord. That's good news. Come closer, I have good news. Well, it's all good news when you have the cast of The Force Awakens making their rounds, as uh, Jimmy said, on uh, late night TV and uh, uh, morning TV. Everything from Good Morning America and Today Show to the Jimmy Kimmel Show and uh, Jimmy Fallon the Tonight Show, uh, and um, what's that? What's what's that? Uh, Michael and Kelly, whoever they are now, the, the 
<laughs> I remember when it was Regis and Kathy Lee. That's 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 how that's how old I am. Uh, but also, um, you know, publications like um, you know uh, Glamour and Vogue and the Wall Street Journal and the Washington Post. They're everywhere. Empire Magazine. They're everywhere. So it's a it's a it's a great time. So uh, as Jimmy said, we got a bunch of sounds um, or you know audio clips in the soundbite roster. Let's get to it. JJ uh, Abrams. Good morning, America. That's the first one we got here. JJ definitely making rounds. He is everywhere. And um, George Stephanopoulos actually interviewed him on Good Morning America earlier this week. And George asked him the same question Kathleen Kennedy famously asked J.J. when she pitched him on the idea of becoming the director of Star Wars The Force Awakens a few years ago. She asked J.J., who is Luke Skywalker? Well, the idea that Luke Skywalker now, uh, you know, nearly 40 years after the first movie came out, uh, I I started thinking that he would be as good of a myth uh, to people who were, you know, 19, 20 years old, and the idea of a new group of young people um, not really knowing who he is or who any of these characters were uh, was the beginning of what became the story of the film. And I wrote with Larry Kasdan, who wrote uh, Empire Strikes Back uh, and, and Jedi, and uh, it's, it's something that, that you know, I'm, I'm so excited for people to say. So Luke Skywalker is a myth in uh, The Force Awakens. Now that explains some things, perhaps. Why we haven't seen much of him. So a figure who is um, in hiding, in exile, in exile, you know, and that hasn't been, you know, uh, uh, 100% confirmed. But in in Empire magazine, uh, there's a quote in here from Mark Hamill as he's talking about, uh, you know, how how big of a role or what kind of a role uh, Luke Skywalker plays in the movie. And um He says, uh, again, quoting Empire Magazine, big cover story. Rest assured, Luke will appear in The Force Awakens, although it's a fair bet that he won't quite be the innocent farm boy we met back in A New Hope. Uh, Quote from Mark Hamill, obviously you're seeing him in a very different time in his life. There are lots of surprises in this movie. You're going to love it. Continuing on, if Scuttlebutt is to be believed, much of The Force Awakens will concern the search for the reclusive Luke. And there's a prevailing theory that Mark Hamill spends a large part of this movie by himself. Certainly Hamill's strongest memory of shooting the movie support that. Quoting again, Mark Hamill, it reminded me of when I was in Tunisia on the salt flats. If you could get into your own mind and shut out the crew and look at the horizon, you really felt like you were in a galaxy far, far away. I had the same wave of emotion happen to me when I was on Skellig Michael in Ireland. So um, a myth, a solitary figure, scenes where he's just by himself, perhaps communing with the force. It's all starting to add up. Obi-Wan Kenobi, surely he must be dead. You know, it's the same thing. He is the Obi-Wan Kenobi of the sequel trilogy. No one is sure if he's alive or dead. Is he going to come back and make an impact on galactic matters? Well, that remains to be seen. I say absolutely. But I wouldn't be surprised, Jason, if The Force Awakens is our introduction to the Luke Skywalker of this era which would happen in the latter third of the film, thus setting up episode eight, which we already have confirmation that Mark Hamill is signed up to do. Mark himself has tweeted that the beard is coming back. 
Well, we've seen him. He's been making the rounds. He's got a new video. We'll talk about it a little bit later in the program for Omaze and their their big um, uh, Force Awakens premiere campaign. And I have to tell you, Jim, does he look fantastic now? Oh, he's in great shape. I mean, there's no question about it. But I mean, he looks better now than he did even in those first shots. You know that we saw him. You know, out in. Um, in London filming The Force Awakens. I mean, Listen, he looks 10 years younger. Very true, very true. Listen, uh, two decades of being a primarily a voice actor, um, it, it doesn't exactly put you in the greatest shape of all time. You know, uh, Mark himself would probably even admit it. We've heard some reports that he's lost up to 50 pounds in the wow. last two years. So he's, I mean, and it's obvious. It is so obvious. Plus, he's also in great shape for the role he's been playing in Flash. He's returned to the Flash show, and he is the trickster once again. So um, his his look has been uh, very streamlined compared to the the scruffy nerf herder he had become. <laughs> uh, there, you know, toward like uh, the, you know... Uh, latter half of the the first decade of uh, the 2000s where we would see mark at san diego comic-con or star wars celebration or whatever and it was just like oh you know mark he's just he's just enjoying life you know what are you gonna do he he's earned that right, right but right. now he's in fantastic shape the best shape he has been in in years i say sign him up for uh you know forget star wars Let's get the Corvette Summer franchise up and going again. <laughs> Let's get some Corvette Summer action happening. Oh. Um, yeah, it's uh, he he he's looking great. He's looking great. And that beard, you know, is real tight and he's got that tight um uh haircut that's uh, again more more Obi-Wan, more Alec Guinness than uh than we saw the, you know, the scruffy look. So, Oh, he's looking great. He's looking great. Coming summer 2016. You'll never get my Corvette! Mark Hamill returns as Danny in Corvette Summer 2. <laughs> These are my wheels! <laughs> Corvette Summer 2. This film has not yet been rated. <laughs> Alright, I was really excited about this, about this next one, because uh, I am a big fan, you know, I work uh the day job primarily deal with a lot of uh, uh, Broadway shows and Broadway shows on tour. And this was really cool. I'm a big fan of Lin-Manuel Miranda, who is the, uh, the, the the star and the writer of Hamilton, which is just tearing it up on Broadway right now. And uh, Jimmy Fallon uh, had J.J. Abrams on the program. And uh, of all things, Hamilton and Lin-Manuel Miranda came up. How do you have time to do anything else, or do? Uh, or any- it's been a, almost. Uh, it's been a few years of, of just. I mean, I got to like. I saw. Um, oh, here I saw uh, Hamilton. Oh, play, yeah. which is amazing. It's oh. an incredible musical. How amazing is that guy? Beyond belief. So mm-hmm. I, I, I go to see this this show with uh, with uh, our son, and uh, at intermission, uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda, who's who wrote it and conceived it and normally stars in it, he wasn't in it that night, comes up to me. And he says hello, and I'm, my mind is blown because he's so brilliant. And he says, uh, hey, if you need music for the cantina, I'll write it. <laughs> and he walks off. And I'm like, does he know? Basically, we have a scene, the sort of our version of the cantina scene, that John Williams, the master composer, said, uh, he's like, J.J. Baby, I'd rather not write the music for that scene, you know, if you don't, because I'd rather write the score. J.J. Baby, that's what he calls it. Yeah, and I love that. He calls that, he'd be Jimmy Baby, everyone's baby. Oh, uh, John this. Williams is the greatest man alive. So, uh, love so I, I, I end up emailing Lynn Miranda and I say, I know you were kidding, but if you actually want 
to write this music. I'm actually working on something. If you want, he's like, I'll drop everything. I'm like, all right. So, uh, I, by the way, I saw him on your show, and it was maybe the best television I've seen in like the last ten years. It was oh, unbelievable. Though he was unbelievable. amazing. It, unbelievable. That was all real, by the way. A lot of people like, oh, did he rehearse? He didn't rehearse. He's just that talented. It's impossible. I believe it because he's such a genius. So anyway, he and I were sending back and forth music files, and he, you know, he's singing and playing instruments, and I'm playing. This whole thing was nuts. And now in the movie, in this one sequence is music that Lin-Manuel Miranda and I wrote in Star Wars. And we've never discussed this before, so... I did uh, not know this. He might kill me for revealing it. (laughs) So, yeah, that was... uh, I was really excited. Like I said, I'm a big fan of the show, big fan of uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, And uh, so, very cool that my two worlds are colliding. Lavish Broadway musicals and Star Wars. About time. Big, reveal, big reveal from that, though, is that John Williams still calls everyone baby. <laughs> <laughs> baby. Well, and the fact that he was not too keen on writing cantina-like music again. Been there, done that. Is Well, he had the, the opportunity to do that for Return of the Jedi, and he said no. And had his son, Joe Williams... Write and record what became Lopty Neck. <laughs> right? That's a project of his son, who is actually currently on tour with Toto as their lead singer. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, he's been associated with Toto for years, decades. But um, Joe Williams wrote Lopty Neck. And so, yeah, you know, presented with the second opportunity to create cantina themes. Williams turned it down. So now here we are in the year 2015. He's turned it down a third time. He does not want to create bar music no more. No mo. No mo. All right. We've got J.J. Abrams still making the rounds. He was on uh, Sirius XM. Uh, Town Hall. I don't know anything about this program. Town Hall. What's that? I don't know. Do you know? It's on Sirius XM. Okay. And it's called Town Hall. And he's talking Hall, yeah. about uh, Princess Leia and her new rank in The Force Awakens. A lot of your projects have strong female protagonists. Is this a reason why Princess Leia is now known as General Leia? I wouldn't say it's the reason why, but, but I'd say that uh, that has more, has more to do with sort of considering what's happened in the time since. Uh, and also, I feel like, you know, when you meet a character, I think it's sort of like any of us, you like to think that you evolve and that you go through life experiences and you sort of become something else but the truth is that we're all kind of who we are uh you know my guess is that most of us would sort of say i'm kind of the kid i was still but i also think that 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 both are true so it's a little bit uh, almost a nature nurture thing that 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 you are who who you are naturally but that as you go through your life you you know you gather various you know uh you harden in some ways i think you 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 become hopefully more enlightened than others and so her evolution from princess to general is is partly because of of what her life experience, but she's she's always going to be Leia. Always going to be Leia. Always going to be Leia to us. Um, speaking of Leia, the real Leia, Carrie Fisher, she was on Kelly and Michael live with Kelly and Michael, and um, she talks a little bit about what we can expect from Princess Leia in uh, the Force Awakens. Well, she's a lot older now. I'm not. She is. And uh, so she's had some life experiences that are complex. And I think it shows on some of the three pictures they've released of me that I kind of look exhausted. And that'll happen after 40 years. You know, you get tired. Yes. 
I, I, and you have bad hair like that, you're going to look upset. <laughs> well, you know, I think my new hairstyle, I like to say, looks like a baboon ass. But, um, but we'll go look at the poster, and they snuck it in. I don't mostly wear the baboon ass hairstyle, which I, nothing against baboons, and, uh, but they don't make good hairstyles. I can see somebody walk into the um, salon and be like, give me that baboon ass hairstyle. Halloween, come on, baboon ass. Oh, my goodness. So we had star puffs, and now baboon ass. So I can't wait to get the first action figure that says uh, General Leia with baboon ass hair. We thought the, 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 the bikini was bad. Wait till they get a load of this. Um, but you know what's funny? No, you know what's funny? What? Is, uh, when when uh, Carrie Fisher uh, saw Simon Pegg walk on the Force Awakens set, she said to herself, baboon ass. I thought so. Hey, you know, she mentions, uh, she's like, wow, you know, you, you see in one of the three pictures that they've put out of me. And um, there was an interview with Carrie in the Wall Street Journal, and they asked her about that. They said, you know, um, uh, you know, do you want to see yourself more part of the marketing campaign for this movie? Um, you know, it's, it's all seems to be all Harrison Ford. She says, sometimes I do when I get immature, but no. Finally, no, I don't like looking at myself. I have such bad body dysmorphia, which is a, where you have a real bad image of your, of your body. She goes, but uh, I'm in the movie. I think Harrison's the most popular character. He's the most popular actor of the gang. So they're going to show a lot more of him. It's business. Now, Jim, what I thought was interesting about that quote is she doesn't say, well, I'm not in it as much. Or, you know, my role is that she's not, she's not, she's not uh, stating that. She's just saying, well, Harrison's a very popular actor. He's a very popular character. So they're, they're pushing him out there. So the, the, the fact that we've only seen maybe three different shots for her does not mean she's not in the movie very much, which I think a lot of us were assuming. It doesn't mean she is, but it doesn't mean she's not either. I don't think she'll be in the movie as much as Harrison is, but I think she'll be in the movie more than Mark is. So, uh, so she, there, there you go. She is the new fulcrum. She is. She, um, they also ask her about the Slave Leia controversy which I love this. They said there's been debate recently about whether or not there should be more merchandise uh, with you in the Return of the Jedi bikini. Quote, I think that's stupid. This is Gary Fisher. I think that's, that's, that's stupid. And the, the interviewer asked to stop making the merchandise. She says, the father who flipped out about it, what am I going to tell my kids about why she's in that outfit? Tell them that a giant slug captured me and forced me to wear that stupid outfit, and then I killed him because I didn't like it, and then I took it off backstage. <laughs> so, nice. There you go. There you go. Um, and something else that's, that's come up in a, a couple of different interviews with Carrie about Leia, uh, they're, they're asking in this interview, again, this is Wall Street Journal, Michael Kalia doing the interview. She says, uh, uh, he asks, uh, who is Leia now? Now, she doesn't say anything about baboon ass, but she says that she's an adult. She's someone who's had experiences that were difficult. It's not as funny anymore. So uh, that's the first that's that's not the first time we've heard about a more serious Princess Leia, General Leia. Well, I think we're going to be seeing a more serious, a more professional baboon ass. (laughs) I wasn't pausing. (laughs) 
<laughs> glad I did. <laughs> but I, I, I think we're going to see some serious character growth coming from all of the big three. And it's going to add a new wrinkle to how we've always assumed all the assumptions we made about these characters, all the presumptions we've made about these characters, all the traditional elements that we've always applied to these guys. If you thought the prequels might have changed the way you looked at certain elements of the original trilogy, I think the sequel is going to take the original trilogy, turn it inside out, upside down, stick it underwater, and put it in a blender, and then they're going to pour it in these nice... uh, Shot glasses to all of us, and we're going to enjoy it. But it's it's you know it's because it's going to really change our perspective. It's how we look at the original trilogy. As a matter of fact, where are we going to be after this sequel trilogy has wrapped up in a few years? How are we going to look at the original trilogy? How much can new Star Wars change our perspective of what's come before it? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know what? Very few people have seen The Force Awakens. The only two people that I can think of that has seen the movie is uh, Steven Spielberg, who said that it's going to be the biggest movie of all time, which I think is a pretty safe bet at this point. Wasn't that his quote? Because there, de- there, there were some that were quoting him as saying it's going to be the greatest movie of all time. But, the, but I believe the exact quote is it's going to be the biggest movie of all time. Right? It came from like some German print interview that people were mistranslating. But I believe uh, what he was saying was yeah, box office wise, it's going to be the biggest of all time. Yeah, there's reports that he's seen it three times. He loves it. Yeah. He says, I think The Force Awakens could be the greatest movie of all time. Um, But again, as you say, Jim, this is a translation. So we'll see. We'll see. But anyway, yeah, he says uh, he said it three times. Uh, but Harrison Ford saw it, and he was actually on Good Morning America, and uh, he talked a little bit about what his thoughts were on the movie. You got to do something that all of us and the rest of the world has been waiting to do. You actually got to see the new film. Yes, I did. And I know you can't tell us any of the details, but what was the experience? <laughs> I know, I know. I'm going to tell you everything. <laughs> Go ahead. If you'd like to, no, feel free. No, I can't do that. What was the experience like, though, watching it back up on the big screen? Well, it was great. I mean, it's a it's a wonderful movie. It's got great, you know, production values. It's a real big uh, movie, and I was delighted to see it. Oh, I cannot wait. And I know after The Return of the Jedi, you actually mentioned that you were relieved to hang up the Han Solo costume and, and, and never to see it again. So what convinced you to come back for number four? Uh, a really good script. Uh, the opportunity to work with J.J., who I uh, admire. And uh, it just seemed like a good idea. I think it's a great idea. And I want to know a little bit more about Han Solo 30 years later. He was always the wise guy, but has he gotten wiser? Less wise guy, more wise? <laughs> um, I think he's, uh, he's, he's got a more complex story now. A, a little bit more of an emotional uh, context than perhaps there was before. Uh, but he's still, uh, he's still the same guy. <laughs> Still the same guy. I hope so. You know, again, I'm just coming off of watching uh, 
the Empire Strikes Back, and just I just could watch that scene with uh, Harrison and Carrie in the in the South Passage. Uh, <laughs> I could just watch it over and over. There's just so much great stuff going on in that scene. It's, I just hope we don't lose the Han Solo with the edge. The Han Solo that says, then I'll see you in hell. The Han Solo who says, no, 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 this one goes here, that one goes there. You know, that Han Solo. I can arrange that. I, see, you got to use a good kiss. <laughs> I want all of that. I want all of that. Yeah. But I also like this, this new edge given to the character where he has some emotional depth, where he might even reveal some scars, emotional scars from his past. In the few just little brief glimpses we've gotten of Harrison as Han Solo in The Force Awakens, that's kind of what I've been picking up on. But it's so good to hear him confirm the Good Morning America that the Han Solo we know is still there. Yeah. I just want to see I want to see the intensity level Remain to, you know, a certain degree. I mean, you know, I, I know that uh, Han is now 70, but I still want him to have some kind of edge, yeah. you know, some kind of edge. Well, let's see. He's talking to uh, Jimmy Fallon next. Here he is uh, talking about returning to the role of Han Solo. I, I, like everyone else, I got chills when I saw you as Han Solo dressed up. <laughs> I got chills in certain areas. And, uh, you know, no, my, I, 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 I go, I was so excited. And I was thinking, what is it like for you, Harrison Ford? Here you are. Again, we're to nominated. Be, to be an <laughs> old man dressed up like Han Solo. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you get emotional when you put the uh, uh, wardrobe on? No, I got paid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. Paid very handsomely, very well. I'm, I'm sure. I'm very sure. handsomely, yeah, handsomely, handsomely. And then the band kicks in. I love that. That was a weird interview with Jimmy Fallon. If you get a chance to catch some clips online, was it? Or because at one point Fallon hands Harrison a Han Solo action oh, figure. Yeah, I saw. So Harrison can demonstrate how his ankle twisted when he suffered that injury on set when the Falcon door came down on his leg. And Harrison, in a matter of about a second and a half, completely destroys the action figure. Somehow he was able to remove the hair from the action figure, which I've never, I mean, all the clothes... You know, both hands, both feet. This is like the $300 Hot Toys, um, a new Hope Han, if you're a collector out there. You know, like, b- b- there are people out there just in tears watching him destroy destroyed. this high-end collectible. He destroyed it. Well, he can buy several truckloads full of them just <laughs> yeah. with the paycheck he received last week. I'm for sure. It's, however, you know, it appears that Harrison and Jimmy Fallon have a history with each other. They, it appears like there's a chemistry between the two of them. They know each other well. It was revealed in the interview that Harrison Ford actually pierced Jimmy Fallon's ear years ago. Oh my and, God. Um, you know, Harrison still wears his earring. He says it loud and says it proud. But um, And they also shared a, an adult beverage with each How other. Did they really? Yeah, sitting up there on the stage of The Tonight Show, too. So Harrison was definitely feeling it when he... he completely trash that action figure how does one remove the hair from 
in action figure. I've just never insane. seen that before. Never seen that before. Um, but he's 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 been having so much. At least he looks. He appears that he's having so much fun being on the the uh, the, the PR trail for this movie, and I'm sure that the the, the big paycheck has uh, has helped. But I think that there's also a sense of um, there's something else about it. There's something else there, it's, and it's he so- has said in the press that. You know, hey, hey, who wouldn't be emotional when you when you're standing there and everyone's, you know, giving you a standing ovation and yeah. applauding for you? You know, who wouldn't do that? It's come full circle with him. He's come to accept the character and actually fall in love with the character. It seems like. Listen to him do these interviews. We all know that Harrison has never really enjoyed the process. How many films have we seen him promote over the years that have nothing to do with Star Wars? And he gets in these sets in front of the TV camera, and they ask him a question about the film. He's like, oh, I yeah. think that it's a very um, powerful character study. Yeah, I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's like, where's the personality? Where's right. the intensity? Where's that high? I'll tell you where it is. It's on the Jimmy Kimmel show. Well, he, it's back. It is totally back. It is totally back. Harrison was uh, on the Jimmy Kimmel show, and they did this um, great. Oh wait a minute, do we have that? Wait, do we have the bit? Oh, we've. Oh, look at those. We got. We got. We got more than that. All right, a few things. You know what? Let, can I just jump into the uh, Rebel Force Radio time machine? Let's go back a couple years ago when yeah. it was revealed that there was this massive feud going on between. Han and Chewie, Harrison Ford and Chewie. This is from the Jimmy Kimmel Show a few years ago. What are you doing here, you son of a... Oh, cut the You think you can walk in here and say you're sorry after what you did? I'm done with that Star Wars crap, and I'm done with you. Haven't you heard? I'm in Cowboys and Aliens. Daniel Craig's my Wookiee now. Get out! Out of here! Get out! I don't want to talk to you. Get out of here! And don't come back! She was my wife! She's still spinning up hairballs! What's so great about this? You know, I'm done with that Star Wars crap. You know, this is when he was out there doing uh, Cowboys and Aliens and... um, (laughs) With Daniel Craig, he's my Wookiee now. Um, but but so, so ironic, right? Yeah. That just a, a a few years later, he would be he would be back as Han Solo and really with Chewie. And I remember, you know, you, you and I, I can I I can remember us doing the show when that bit hit the airwaves, and we were like, you know, if you squint your eyes. When they're together, you know, like you can just imagine what it might look like with a him playing a, a an older Han Solo. We were fantasizing about this and we're two weeks away from seeing it for real. Oh, my God, that's crazy. And so Jimmy Kimmel Live, Jimmy Kimmel Live had a Star Wars The Force Awakens special earlier this week, and it featured the entire cast of The Force Awakens pretty much along with J.J. Abrams and Harrison Ford did show up. He showed up to essentially settle his feud with Chewbacca that was established a few years back on uh, Jimmy Kimmel when Harrison was out promoting, yes, Cowboys and Aliens. And he did say to uh, Chewie at that moment that he's done with that Star Wars stuff. Well, now everything's come full circle. Harrison's back involved in Star Wars, and he is still 
you know, suffering from the fallout of this long-lasting feud he's had with Chewbacca via the Jimmy Kimmel show. So it was a, a horrifying situation. Chewbacca had climbed to the roof of the theater where Jimmy Kimmel does his show and was threatening to jump. So a crowd had formed on the streets, and Jimmy Kimmel himself ran out there with a megaphone to try to talk Chewie down. And who should come down the sidewalk? None other than Harrison Ford himself. Jimmy, what's going on? Oh, hey, oh, hey, Chewbacca is going to jump. Oh, good. No, 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 not good. Not good. What do you mean good? No, bad. This is bad. That's your friend. Do something. Oh, shut your wookie grunt hole, will you? <laughs> Don't give me that. You made a choice. She was my wife. No, I don't care. I don't want to hear it. Hey, 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 no, hey, no. Hey. Go ahead. Do us a favor. Jump. No. Go ahead. Jump. Don't jump. Don't do that. No. Come on. What are you doing? That's your friend up there. I know you guys have been through a lot, but that was a long time ago. In a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> Do something here. Don't you remember the good times? They were really good times. Hello. <laughs> they go to this montage of Han and Chewie doing all kinds of things. I believe there's a pedicure at one point. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, in there, our next clip, we could fade that one because they have this big flashback sequence there. And then in our next clip, Jason Harrison takes Jimmy's advice and he goes up to the rooftop, and he and Chewie have that that reunion. They're able to bury the hatchet, and essentially, he saves Chewbacca's life. Chewie. <laughs> Come here, you, you big walking carpet. Shut the f- up! <laughs> Sorry. Uh. I see him participate in these bits is just great. You know, both uh, Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel, um, you know, I got to give these guys lots of credit. I mean, it, I haven't, it, you know, Letterman did it for a little while and then he kind of became the grumpy old man. But, you know, Carson was always able to get this, the, the guests to come out and, and do sketches with him. And uh, that hasn't been done for a long time. And it's just uh, it's amazing what Fallon and and Kimmel both get these guests to do it's it's and and somebody is uh, grizzled and sometimes grumpy as Harrison Ford so it's it's cool it's cool it's been lots of fun to watch all that absolutely absolutely it has hey you know what Jason let me just take a, a quick second here yeah please and talk about tops please do so much and the uh Star Wars digital card trader app from tops I love it so much from Tops comes the all-new digital card trading collecting app, Star Wars Card Trader. 
for the first time ever, collect and trade everything from legendary 1977 Star Wars cards to new cards featuring exclusive content from Star Wars The Force Awakens. And uh, Jason, there's some uh, big stuff happening this week with the Card Trader app. They have launched their second series from uh, 1977. Series two of those crazy tops cards we collected as kids now they're available in the digital format those famous red bordered trading cards that tops put out in the 70s they're uh, now available on the card trader app they're doing it in a new way this week where they're rolling out two per week on wednesdays so what you want to do is you want to get those packs and then you get the first card and once you do that it opens up a second pack and then you keep hitting that pack until you get the second card. It's really a lot of fun. It's going to be going on for the next 33 weeks. So you want to be checking in with the uh, Digital Card Trader app. Shoot, every day because you get 25,000 free credits every day when you check in with the Card Trader app. You get 50,000 every week. If you check in every day that week, boom, 50,000. So you, you can play large with the Card Trader app. There are, of course, in-app purchases, and uh, that will even expand your digital card trading collection. So uh, you can always trade with us here at Rebel Force Radio, too, if you want to build that digital card collection. Search username Rebel Force Radio on the top Star Wars card trader app. Do it all from the comfort of your mobile device. The top Star Wars card trader app. These are the cards you're looking for. All right. Uh, did we get through... Do we have more Harrison? Oh, no. We got the rest of the cast. My God. This Jimmy Kimmel show was so great. It was an entire special dedicated to the Star Wars The Force Awakens. So you got together the core cast, Carrie Fisher, John Boyega, Adam Driver, Daisy Ridley, along with director J.J. Abrams. And they appeared on Jimmy Come Alive. And so here's, here's a nice chunk of all of those voices talking about what the experience was like as they shot Star Wars The Force Awakens. When you go back to playing the part of Princess Leia, now General Leia, do you have to, like, go back and look at one of the older movies and kind of... And feel bad about how I well, age? Well... <laughs> Yes. Okay, that's what I do at night. That's what you do at night. Puts me to sleep, yeah. I see. Now, I have a photograph here. This is the, is this the first cable read? Yeah. Yep, that's what it was. Yeah. And, J.J., it looks like you had it in Ikea or something like that. <laughs> we were on a stage at, uh, at the studio at Pinewood. This is the first time you all got together? Yep. Did, and you went through the script. By the way, did you give the script to the actors? Yeah, J.J., did you? No, he didn't. He Not didn't. to carry. <laughs> yes, we, the actors had the script, but it was, uh, it was, it, that was a, a, an amazing thing to see everyone together for the first time because we'd had everyone separate in different rooms for months and then all of a sudden we put them all together and we were like crossing our fingers it would go well and it was kind of an electric, amazing time. When you have the script in your hands, are you nervous about, about losing it? Absolutely. I have to say, through the audition process, we didn't get to take the script home. Mm. So we had to go to Pinewood and learn our lines and then go home. I felt like I was living a double life like Batman. It was a, it was a real situation. So to have the script on the read-through was... You got to learn your lines? <laughs> I did. And, and John came in like eight or nine times to audition. It was a long process. Oh, thank you, JJ. Eight or nine times? No, but it was a long, it was a long process. I feel, I feel guilty. 
<laughs> Adam, you are in a helmet in the clips that we've seen from the movie. Do we ever see your face? Because otherwise, anybody really could have been you, I guess. Right? Yeah, no. You didn't I, even need to go. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I <laughs> I will say that there, Adam was amazing because there were certain things where, in theory, someone else could have been in there for a shot or two. But Adam always was like, no, I want to do every single shot. So he did. He was, uh, he was incredible. That's a trooper. That's not a stormtrooper, a trooper, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Daisy, for you, this is your first thing, right? This is... Yeah. I mean, I imagine you're, of course, excited, but, like, are, are you fully aware of what you're in for? Um, I don't know. It's kind of been a process this year. Like, obviously, I've never had people going, can you sign a picture of me? Uh -huh. um, so that's to get used to. But I'm just obviously pleased to be part of the film and whatever else comes as... Cool. Yeah, right. Are you all signed for other movies for for the future films? Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I really feel like I can't get Carrie, you'll tell me everything. What happens at the end of the movie? <laughs> oh no. What? <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. That's a hell of a it lightsaber battle. <laughs> Yeah. It involves nudity. It involves nudity. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what it involves? Baboon ass. <laughs> and lots of it. Oh, that's great. I got to go back. I did not see this episode. I'm going to have to go back and, uh, and watch it. It sounds like they were having a lot of fun. And you say Harrison Ford comes out at some point? Well, yeah, he comes out to uh, pull Chewbacca down from the... Oh, okay. So he maybe he shot that at another time. He's not there with the whole cast. No, 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 no. Just When you see them all together, it's Carrie, J.J., Boyega, Driver, and Daisy. Right. Well, they, uh, speaking of uh, Daisy, John Boyega, they were on Good Morning America and uh, talking to Robin Roberts. This is after they saw the movie. So this is their reaction of... Uh, Having seen the uh, Force Awakens, you saw the movie. Yeah. What did you think, John? It's so good. Uh, it is so good. Um, this is uh, a, a great reminder that Star Wars is back after so long, mm -hmm. and um, there's a, just a great balance between the new generation and the old. Full of action, full of passion, and it's quite emotional. I enjoyed it. How about for you, Jay Z? Um, it was, it, it's the first time I've ever really seen myself do something, so I was quite overwhelmed, so I'm looking forward to seeing it again, so I can be more like, okay. Because this is your first movie yeah. ever. Yeah. I, I heard that you cried on the way to the airport after watching it, that you, you had to kind of settle this. <laughs> <in. laughs> I did. No, because I came out and I was like, yeah, I'm cool. And then the car, I was like, the whole way. And then the whole way home, a 10 hour journey. You know, it's, there was a she was crying when she saw the trailer too you know but i i hadn't realized that this was this was it for her i mean beyond a, an appearance in a tv show doing a little bit of work uh she's very young she's 23 years old this is it and i mean in terms of like her first big gig um her first gig period first movie yeah um so it is emotional for her um apparently and this is uh according to a uh, a story on uh, in the, on the Telegraph over there in the UK that on the very first day of filming, Jim, J.J. Uh, Abrams gave her a critique of her acting, and uh, it's a it's it's definitely a description that 
A lot of those that have issues with the prequel films uh, would uh, relate to, and that is Wooden. J.J. Abrams said that Daisy's performance that first day was wooden. She says, I was I was horrified or I was petrified. I thought I was going to have a panic attack on the first day. Um, she says, he probably doesn't remember telling me that my performance was wooden. That was the first day, and I honestly wanted to die. I thought I was going to cry. I couldn't breathe. There were so many crew there, all the creatures, stand-ins, loads of extra crew making sure everyone was safe. It was so hot. It was awful. <laughs> so that was... What Daisy had to say about her first uh, her first day, and you know, um, you can't help but read that quote and not flash to again a lot of uh, criticism that was leveled at the performances in the prequels that they were kind of wooden, sort of detached, unemotional. Yeah, and it didn't help on the first day of uh, shooting when uh, JJ said, "Okay, action." It's true, all of it. And then Daisy ad-libbed, including the droid armies of the Trade Federation. <laughs> and it, whoa, whoa, cut, 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 what? <laughs> That's going to get me a phone call from Nat if I go on down. Oh. And, and no. So, uh, sure. So we got my phone off the hook, Nat. Taking you- it off the hook. Uh, we mentioned this earlier. We were talking about... Um, how great uh, Mark Hamill looks and it's definitely evident in this. I think this is the third now Omaze video. The first was uh, that really fun uh, video that, that Harrison Ford did for the, uh, the big contest to win. Uh, there's two winners and these two winners are going to be able to bring three guests, uh, me, uh, Jimmy Mack and <laughs> one other to the premiere of uh, the force awakens. And uh, this is uh, in support of, is it, uh, is it UNICEF that this is where it goes to? Oh, no, this is actually uh, the UNICEF uh, thing. That has, was Force for Change. That was, yes, and this one is um, about... Oh, different, yeah, different charities. 15, yeah, 15 different charities are uh, going to benefit from this. Yeah, and Omaze, they've been doing some amazing things. Like there was, um, Omaze is amazing. They, there was a big contest around uh, Spectre, and you could win... Uh, tickets to the premiere and daniel craig was going to meet you at the airport and give you your tickets uh they do just some incredible experiences and it's all in good fun and for charity and great causes uh so they have this this contest you can win uh tickets to the premiere the first video that they released it to promote the event in the contest was harrison ford doing some uh, uh surprise visits via skype um and then the second was uh, was J.J. Abrams, and he kind of teased, you know, where's Mark Hamill? He was introducing all the various cast members, and they were talking about the charities that they were um, uh, donating for. He says, where's Mark Hamill? Well, we found out where Mark Hamill was. They just released their latest video. Mark Hamill is taking it to the streets to spread the news, going around in a First Order Stormtrooper a costume in the armor going around and uh, talking to people about the force awakens and making sure that they know about this great contest happening on Omaze. The last time anybody saw me in a stormtrooper outfit was when uh, we rescued the princess on the death star. So I'm getting suited up 
in my Stormtrooper gear, about ready to hit Hollywood Boulevard for Force for Change. Would you like to meet Mark Hamill? I'd love to. Hey, that's the man. Besides you, who would you most like to need at the premiere? Han, no, not Han Solo. Mark Hamilton. Mark, Mark Hamilton? I've been in love with that man. <laughs> Do you have any power converters? Well, that was something. I'm not sure exactly what, but definitely something. I couldn't be more proud of everyone in the Star Wars family. Your support has been absolutely fantastic. I, for one, can't wait for the premiere. And it's not too late to donate. Just go to omaze.com slash Star Wars or click on this button. Right now, it's time for me to punch out and go soak in a warm tub. <sighs> yeah, I was watching the video, Jim, and my daughter came over and she says, Who's that? I said, That's Luke Skywalker. She's yeah. like, the blonde boy from Star Wars? <laughs> I said, yeah, honey, it's, you know, <laughs> it happens to all of us eventually. But he does. He looks, he looks amazing. He looks fit, trim, got a great haircut. The beard's all trimmed up. Uh, and I'm assuming that could be a look that he might be sporting in Episode 8, a much cleaner cut version. Uh, you know, again, I, he's been shooting stuff for his role as trickster on flash. And so maybe that, it's more of that, huh? That look he's sporting in the Omaze video is a little more consistent with the look we've been seeing on flash, but now nah, you never know. I mean, there is something that kind of reeks of old Ben about him. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think that it's a, it's a great look for Mark. I know he's not fond of the facial hair, but, uh, he looks fantastic with it. He really does. Yeah, he looks healthy, and uh, he's having a lot of fun. It was great to see him in that armor. And as he said, you know, last time he's been in Stormtrooper armor was when he was filming Episode 4 and in the Stormtrooper armor rescuing Princess Leia. Very similar to uh, uh, he did reveal that he couldn't see out of the thing very well. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, right. the yeah. more things change, the more they stay the same. Mm. I can't see anything with this helmet. All right. Before we get any further, I do want to take a moment and thank our good friends and our sponsors here this week of Dorkside Toys. Check out Dorkside for all the latest Star Wars action figures. The lowest prices around, including the Black Series, the Rebels figures, Saga Legends, Mission Series, and the Pop Star Wars vinyl. With Christmas just around the corner, you want to make sure that... uh, you are getting your Star Wars action figures. Uh, also, action figures for The Flash, Arrow, and The Walking Dead. They're all back on TV. So it's a great time for toys. It's a great time for TV. Get those pre-orders in on uh, also lots of in-stock items and uh, good prices on those older pop vinyl uh, figures, including The Walking Dead ones. So uh, check them out. Uh, visit ShotGlassDigital.com for the last call and click on the Dorkside Toys banner to get the best deal for toys on the internet. It's unthinkable. All right, we have had unthinkable stories about people saying things about George Lucas, but we have never had George Lucas himself the subject of the outrageous, unthinkable story of the week until now. Until now. You know, it's no secret. We've taught, we discussed it on the last episode of Rebel Force Radio that uh, you know, George's separation from Star Wars has been uh, difficult, tough. And uh, he likened it to a breakup, 
Well, now he's upping the ante. A uh, great piece in the Washington Post by uh, Hank Stuver. And it's an interview with George primarily about his uh, being uh, given the, uh, a great honor by the United States, the Kennedy Center Honors. Um, and, uh, but George has kind of, uh, he's, he's, he's gone from a breakup to a divorce. According to George, he says that uh, his separation from Star Wars, I call it like a divorce. This is him describing uh, the way he's had to part ways with the franchise. Uh, he says, there's no such thing as working over someone's shoulder. You're either the dictator or you're not. Who's that sound like? Well, then they should be made to. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yes. You're either the dictator or you're not. You're, And to do that would <laughs> never work. So I'm going to get divorced. I knew that I couldn't be involved. All I'd do is make them miserable. I'd make myself miserable. It would probably ruin a vision. JJ has a vision, and it's his vision. Wow. So, you know what? It hurts me hearing that because it sounds like a guy who still has the passion for Star Wars bubbling under the surface. He's still in love with his ex-wife. Why, absolutely he is. It was very reluctant. Like uh, Again, like I, I compare it again. To the guy, he gets married and has a kid with a new wife, and then she makes him get rid of all of his stuff, a.k.a. the wars. <laughs> and so he does that, gets rid of all of his stuff, and what's he got? He's got his family. He loves his family. It's, it's oh, God, it's uh, the bounty of wonderfulness of, of raising children and, and, and being a, a, a huge part of the fabric of society and family. No, 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 he wants Star Wars back, so what's he going to do? He's going to build his man cave. That's what we all do. We need our man cave, whether it's in our basement, our garage, in in a, a empty bedroom in our house. We need our man cave. And so George is building his on the lakeshore of, of of Lake Michigan in downtown Chicago, the George Lucas Museum of Narrative Art. That's going to be George's man cave. But yet, still, there's something gnawing inside of him: the fact that other people are playing with his toys and he's not. And he almost feels like. Much like Obi-Wan Kenobi himself, he is in exile. He and, is. You know, yet he is the master of the force. He is the, the one who will impart the wisdom on the next generation of Jedi that will lead the galaxy out of dark oppression. Am, yeah. am, I, am I drawing too much of a connection between George Lucas, the man, and Star Wars, the story he created? I don't know. I mean, it's got. It comes from somewhere. Right? But he hasn't. Wa- he hasn't seen the movie. He hasn't seen any any part of the movie. He Spiel- says that he seen he's it three times. Right. Oh, Steven Spielberg sees Star Wars three times, and George Lucas doesn't see it at all. Well, because he's, he's waiting for it to come to his theater. Yeah, he's being pure. literally his theater. He says, "I've got the best theater in the world." Yeah, Spielberg calls him up, and he's like, "No spoilers." <laughs> right. Come on, dude. Come on, dude. But here's where it gets weird. Can't even pick up my phone. Now he says he said. He said he'll probably uh, be in the room with uh, in the theater, his theater there at uh, Lucasfilm or at the ranch uh, with 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 J.J., with Kathleen Kennedy, Bob Iger. We are watching him watch it. And and here's what he says, because because now I'm faced with this awkward reality, which is fine. (laughs) He's dreading the screen. Yeah, he says it's like when a grown child gets married. He goes, I got to go to the wedding. My ex will be there. My new wife will be there. 
but I'm going to have to take a very deep breath and be a good person and sit through it and just enjoy the moment because it is what it is and it's a conscious decision that I made. This is not a man who's happy with his decision. Oh my God, he's gonna he's gonna blow it off. He's like, I don't feel good. I got a stomach ache. I can't do the screening today. And then he's gonna be in Chicago. He's gonna put on a baseball hat and he's gonna sneak over to the the River North theaters and he's gonna watch it in the movie theater with everyone else, just to preserve the the purity of his, the first screening. I don't know about you, Jason. Actually, I do. And I think that you value that moment when you're going to see a Star Wars film for the first time. You want it to be just right. You want to be sitting in the right seat. You want to be surrounded by the right people. And you want to be seeing it at the right time. There's something very special about that moment of seeing a Star Wars film for the very first time. And I think George is really serious when he says he wants to have that experience. Does he want to have that with a bunch of suits staring at him? Or, or his successors, even more awkward. That is awkward. I mean, the guy's a person, right? And he's being very honest with his feelings. I love that about George right now, is that he is being honest. He's not sugarcoating stuff, and he never has. That's the beauty of George Lucas. And something that I think, as Star Wars progresses, I think even his harshest critics will admit they miss that element of George Lucas, the fact that he doesn't BS. That's right. Uh, hey, there's a uh, special. If you're an AT&T U-verse customer, there's a special available. It's uh, the AT&T U-verse buzz. And believe it or not, there's a documentary on there about Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, and it features Smuggler's Bounty. And it's an exclusive for AT&T U-verse customers. It's, again, on the buzz program. All throughout the month of December, this was produced by our good friend, F.J. DeSanto. Features Kyle Newman, David Collins, and Sam Whitler, along with F.J. talking about uh, Star Wars uh, celebration and uh, the big project there, Smuggler's Bounty. It's a vast universe. There's love, there's hate, there's friendship, there's politics, there's deception, there's war, there's peace. There's all of these things in Star Wars. What is it about Star Wars that made people connect to it and want to live in it and go back to it? It's because there is a world. And it feels real. And everyone wants to be a part of it. It's no different than the Greek gods or even the Bible. Stories that last thousands of years. It's going to outlive all of us. It's something that will just outlive us all forever. You want to make sure that you see that. And it tells a little bit more here. We got Kyle Newman, and he'll tell us a little bit about the uh, the special. Hey, Kyle. Everybody, there is this really great show out right now. It's exclusively on AT&T U-verse. And, you know, fellow RFR uh, frequent guest FJ DeSanto, who is one of our uh, main creators of the, the Smuggler series, um, he really facilitated this. And they produced this half-hour special on Star Wars Celebration, Star Wars Rebels, there's a really great feature on um, aspect on, on the uh, Smuggler series down at the convention and behind the scenes of it, what it took to bring it to life. And, you know, David Collins is in it, Dave Filoni. Uh, they've got interviewing all the cast of the Rebels, but, you know, they've got Whitwer 
And they're talking to all of us about, you know, our love for Star Wars, why we wanted to make something like the Smuggler series. And it's just this great half hour piece. So if you're looking for content as you're getting excited about Force Awakens, I would track it down. I'm sure it's going to end up online, even though it's exclusive, uh, you know, U-verse uh, subscriber content, you know, for your cable. But it's going to end up out there. It's a really well-produced half-hour special. I think FJ, FJ's buddy um, produced it. FJ was involved, too, really helped put it together. But it's a good, uh, it's a good uh, affectionate piece about Star Wars fans and what's going on in Star Wars right now. It's really cool. It's fun to be a part of. So if you're an AT&T U-verse subscriber, it's, it's the AT&T Buzz. It's called Star Wars Celebration. And uh, as Kyle yeah. said, it's exclusive to that. But uh, I'm sure it, it, hopefully it'll surface elsewhere. I'm sure it will. It's it's awesome. I was like, wow, this came out really good. There's a good picture of me with uh with uh my Remco Wolfman um action figure cake from uh <laughs> I think it was like nineteen eighty four. Yeah, they I think they thought it was Chewbacca, but it's really just Wolfman. <laughs> all right. Well thanks a lot for stopping by, Kyle. All right, guys. All the best. I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Later. Bye. Bye. Star Wars Celebration is the definitive gathering of Star Wars fans. It's a family of many Star Wars fans. It's Christmas for Star Wars fans. All right, before we wrap things up, uh, let's play a game. Guess the voice. Yes, guess the voice. I love when we play Guess the Voice on Rebel Force Radio. We've done it once before, and it was so much fun. So we're going to do it again. And uh, the, the question is here, Jason, we have a piece of audio. This is an isolated piece of audio. And I'm going to ask you and the listening audience this question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who's doing this and what are they doing? <laughs> All right. Are we ready? We're ready. Let's hear it. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. Well, someone's doing a chewy. Okay. So I you don't know who. You know what they're doing, but you yeah. don't know who's doing it. I don't know who's doing it. All right. Who's doing this, what they're doing? Play it one more time. It's pretty good. It's really good. Yeah. It's pretty it's good. So good. It's like I, Chewy on Echo Base. I think it's <laughs> a little bit. When they're closing the, 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 the shield doors. Don't close those shield doors. Um, it, you know, the answer will shock and amaze you. And I tell you who it is. Who is it? Who is it? Play one more time. Okay. Our answer to who's doing this and what they doing. That's Daisy Ridley doing a Chewbacca impersonation. Oh, my gosh. No way. That is actually Daisy. She's going to be on the front cover of Glamour Magazine. Mm Mm-hmm. Glamour Magazine, to celebrate her Glamour cover, the 23-year-old star, Daisy Ridley, Ray, she took part in a special Star Wars-themed version of the game. You know the game, Would You Rather? Mm. Would You Rather? Yeah. Like, Would You Rather French Kiss uh, Bantha or a Dewback? You know, mm. so, something like that. So she played that game with Glamour uh, during her cover shoot. And uh, the question here that we've isolated is, would you rather, Daisy Ridley, would you rather do an impersonation of Darth Vader, R2, or Chewie? I would rather do an impression of Chewie. (laughs) It's amazing. 
<laughs> I think they give her a little help in the reverb department there, but uh, that's a that is a, a, a great Chewbacca impersonation. So uh, thank you so much for playing. Who's doing this and what are they doing? Hard to believe when next we meet. We'll be one week away. One week out from the release of The Force Awakens. Can we do it? Can we make it? I think so. I feel good about it right now. I feel really good. I feel like we're in a great place right now as Star Wars fandom amps up toward The Force Awakens. But, you know, Jason, you and me, we've danced this dance before. This is old news to us. I'm really excited to see how the younger generation is going to latch on to this new era of Star Wars. It's an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan. Sure is. Sure is. Great time to be uh, Star Wars podcasters, too. Uh, please help us, support us by supporting our sponsors. Little Debbie Snack Cakes, Tops, and their Star Wars Card Trader app, and Dorkside Toys. If you'd like to play with us in between shows, you can do so. Email address show at rebelforceradio.com. The voicemail line 708-320-1737. That's 708-320-1RFR. Follow us on Twitter at Rebel Force Radio, at Jimmy Mac Radio, at Jason Swank. Check us out on Facebook. Just do a search for Rebel Force Radio. And that official website, soon to be revamped, rebelforceradio.com. iTunes still... One of the best places to subscribe and review Rebel Force Radio and our other shows. Just one rule on those reviews, please. Make it good. Yeah. And please, by uh, whatever you do, just don't be... Baboon ass. <laughs> Thanks, Gary. You can find uh, Rebel Force Radio at WGNplus.com. We're streaming there. We're also on Stitcher and just about anywhere you can find podcasts. You can also find us weekly at uh, JediNews.co.uk, Yodasnews.com, Sandtroopers.com, and the official Star Wars website, StarWars.com. We're also streaming just about each and every Saturday night, 7 p.m. Eastern at SRSounds.com. That's going to do it for us. We will see you next week as we count down... Not the weeks anymore, the days until the release of episode seven. Wow. Incredible. We'll see you next time. Love you all so much. For Rebel Force Radio, I'm Jason. I'm Baboon Ass. <laughs> Remember. The Force will be with you always. <laughs> <laughs>